us, dangers from wilderness, dangers from this, dangers from that, the oppression of the churches, all of these things. How would he have ever known how absolutely awesome God is to one individual had he not been thrown in the storms? And how would you not have been so encouraged had we not read it about him in the scriptures? One of the primary purposes for the storm is to deepen and strengthen our conviction. And listen, you and I can say to other people, we can quote this verse, there's a peace that surpasses all human understanding that'll guard and keep our hearts in Christ Jesus. You know when I know that's true? I can tell you. I know it's true because the Word of God says it, but you know when you and I can speak with conviction? When we have nothing left but God Himself, when there is absolutely nothing around us offering peace, and we still have that awesome sense of peace. The storm is torrential, the waves are high, the water is deep, and the sky is black, and the winds are furious. And somehow there's a peace that abides within you cannot explain. How would you ever know that if you didn't get thrown in the storm? You would not. The fifth word is comfort. I want you to turn, if you will, to 2 Corinthians. And look, if you will, in that first chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul begins this book calling God the God of all comfort. And listen to what he says. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Now listen carefully to this. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all what? Comfort. Who comforts us? Now I want you to watch two words. Who comforts us in what? All our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction or all affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Now, he says, God comforts you and me in our stormy times in order that we may do what to others? That we may comfort others. Now, listen to what he said. He says, this God comforts us in how many of our afflictions? All of them. In order that you and I may be able to comfort others in how many of theirs? All of theirs. And he says, for just as the sufferings of Christ are ours in abundance, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. But if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which is effective in the patient enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And this is what he said. He said, one of the reasons that God sends storms into our life, he comforts us. And in comforting us, what does he do? He equips us. Listen. Storms are God's tools. Storms are God's training periods in our life. It's his training periods. It is his tools in our life to do what? In order to equip us, it isn't enough for God just to comfort us and to strengthen us, but God also wants to use us. He wants to do something through us, and so it's not enough that God would just allow these storms in our life in order to do something and build character in our life. But it is you and I learn to hurt, learn to suffer, Learn to experience pain. Listen, not always trying to escape it and run from it, but God, you said you are causing all things to work together for good. So God, you must be causing my storm to work for good in my life. And so I want to thank you for that. Lord, what are you teaching me in this? And Father, how can I now be a comfort to someone else? Let me ask you, why does God allow storms in our life? Listen carefully, and I don't miss anything I'm going to tell you. He allows these storms in our life because you and I, listen to this, are the living, walking expressions of Jesus on this earth. 
And so people see in us how we respond to storms. And secondly, when the storms hit them, they are going to find someone whom they believe knows enough about the storm that they are going through. They're going to find you, and they're going to ask you how you survived it. Storms were never sent to sink us. Storms are allowed in order to do what? To sanctify us and to make us more capable and more equipped to be what? Valuable, strong servants of God. Doing what? Making a difference in the hearts and lives of people who are hurt because every single child of God is to be a walking exhibition of the life of Christ. And what was he doing? Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He was always reaching out to comfort and to strengthen. And so that is our responsibility. And I want to challenge you, whatever storms you've been through in your life, if you don't analyze what happened and ask yourself the question, what did I learn? What is God in the process of teaching me? And then to remember, you don't keep that to yourself. God used that as a training time. He uses it as a tool in order to equip you to be a servant to someone else. Thanks for joining us on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. God allows storms in a believer's life for our ultimate good. As you face difficulty, acknowledge His omniscient sovereignty and ask Him to help you remain faithful. To listen again, click on Today on Radio at InTouch.org. And if you're wondering how to see God in your situation, you'll find many resources on our website that can help you maintain trust in the Lord. If you'd like to order a copy of today's complete message, God's Purpose, open our online bookstore. It's also included in our teaching set, The Storms of Life. Again, log on to InTouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to InTouch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Many Christians struggle with repeated sin. That's why it's essential to renew your mind. Today's Moment with Charles Stanley is coming up. Trusting God each day can be a challenge, but working to grow that trust brings greater joy and peace than we could ever find on our own. In Trusting God with Today, the 365-day devotional from the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, we are encouraged to believe in God's love and rest in His purpose for us. Available now at intouch.org today. In our spiritual journey, we often have questions. How do I know God's will for my life? Does God hear my prayers? Why do bad things happen? The answers are found in the Word of God, but how do we know where to start? The free In Touch devotional can help point you in the right direction with biblically-based content from Dr. Charles Stanley. You'll gain insight and wisdom through daily devotions, Bible studies, and more. The In Touch devotional, delivered monthly to your mailbox. Subscribe for free at intouch.org daily. You're listening to In Touch. Have you ever thought about the underlying reason we disobey God? It's helpful to understand what we're fighting against. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. The thing that motivates us to sin against God is 
we attempt to get our needs met independently of God. That's what motivates us to sin. Now, why is that true? Because, listen, before we were saved, that's the way we got our needs met. We said, what's my need? I get it met. I don't ask God about it. I act independently of the will of God because God's not in my heart as a lost person. And so it is my habit. It is my thinking. It is my thought pattern. It is my nature to get my needs met any way I choose to get them met, regardless who I have to trample on, steal from, take from, whatever I have to say, just get my needs met, can't accept rejection, have to be accepted, want all of these things. Whatever it might be, I'm going to get my needs met at somebody else's expense. Now listen, when you were saved, the Scripture says the Holy Spirit came into your life and you became a new creation in Christ Jesus. You got a new nature, you got a new relationship and you got a new spirit. You have the same old mind, same old will, same old emotions, and same old body. That's why renewing the mind is absolutely essential to live a victorious life because you've got the same mind. Learn more about how believers can renew their mind at intouch.org. Tomorrow on InTouch, how do you handle the hurt that sometimes follows a difficult situation? We'll hear about God's provision in the storms of life Wednesday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. One of the more ridiculous images to make its way around social media sites in the wake of the horrific attack in Israel was a photo of four Westerners with a sign, quote, Queers for Palestine. There's also a Twitter page with that same name with a banner photo that insists Allah loves equality. Now, statements like these are so out of touch with reality, we can only hope that they're satire. Given what we know of Hamas, ISIS, and the Iranian regime, it's safe to assume that there won't be any pride parades in Gaza or Ramallah anytime soon. Progressives looking for ideological sympathy among the rulers or people of Palestine are simply fooling themselves. Of course, just over a week ago, all of this would have just been sadly amusing. Now it's terrifying. Ever since the October the 7th attacks, protesters across Europe, America, and Australia have denied, excused, justified, even supported the murders, the rapes, and the beheadings of babies perpetrated by Hamas in Israel. Now, of course, it makes a kind of barbaric sense for radical Muslim groups to support such stands. It's harder to fathom how Western progressives could offer such affinity for radical Islamism. And yet, on the very same American college campuses where you can be silenced for refusing to say that a man is a woman, Jewish co-eds are tearfully begging school officials to stop the speeches from those people who are saying that they want them dead. In Philadelphia, a speaker applauded Hamas for a job well done. At George Mason University, students chanted, quote, They've got tanks, we've got hang gliders, glory to the resistance fighters. Before they issued an incredibly paltry half-apology, the BLM organization chapter in Chicago tweeted, an image of a Hamas killer parachuting into battle. As strange of bedfellows as they make, radical Islam and the far left share hatred for the Western tradition. They can't stomach free markets, objective morality and knowledge, or the uncompromising priority of human liberty, especially religious freedom. In particular, especially in academic context, the left's hatred is grounded in the ideological capture of our ivory towers by critical theory. This is a way of thinking that reduces the complexity of human existence to predetermined categories of oppressed versus oppressor. And based on these categories, moral virtue and moral guilt is pre-assigned. 
The matrix of this dynamic determines who's right and wrong in any and every situation. Anything done for the sake of the oppressed is just, apparently, even mass murder and rape. Anything done on behalf of the oppressor is vile, even warning civilians to get out of a war zone while the other side's trying to keep them in it. In this case, all that matters is that Jews have been cast into the role of oppressor and their opponents as victims. All actions, then, are either justified or condemned along this simplistic schematic. Decades of Western decadence have simply numbed us to the power of beliefs. Ideas have consequences. Bad ideas have victims. That's true on college campuses and in Gaza. By rejecting objective morality as tyrannical, believers and the ideas of critical theory have embraced tyranny as moral. Neil Shinvey and Pat Sawyer unpack the ideas of critical theory and expose them for what they are in their terrific new book, Critical Dilemma. And you can request a copy with a gift to the Colson Center this month. Also, I'm excited to announce that the authors will join us for our next Breakpoint Forum on October the 26th to discuss the ideas of critical theory, including in light of some of these current headlines. The forum will begin at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and will be hosted by Colson Center resident theologian Dr. Timothy Pageant. It's free, but you have to register. Go to breakpoint.org slash forum. That's breakpoint.org slash forum. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Dr. Timothy Paget. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Yuck, it's so slimy. Ah, carving a pumpkin. Making the face is fun, but first, you've got to deal with that mess inside. Our world is something of a mess. Anybody that watches the television realizes that in every area of life, we're in a mess. And just like a pumpkin, the mess, says Billy Graham, is on the inside. Jesus said it's a heart problem. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts and murders and adulterers and fornications and thefts and false witnesses and blasphemies. There's only one way to clean up the mess in your heart. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and take control of your life. And he'll do it. Why? God loves you. And he loves you as though you're the only person in the whole world. Learn more about God's love for you and about letting him clean up the mess of your life at findpeacewithgod.net. And it's from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.